You're listening to the Filmmaker Happy Hour on XRFM, KXRY Portland, an interview show that talks with filmmakers and film festival directors about the state of cinema in Oregon. On this episode, our guest is Todd Luby, the executive director of Bend Film. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Filmmaker Happy Hour, a new show on X-Ray FM. We're so happy to be kicking off with Todd Luby, who's executive director for Ben Film. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Phil. How about yourself? Good, good. And, and, you know, I mean, that's a loaded question, though, for anyone that's running a film festival right now um, during uh, two years of Ah, pandemic. um, How... How is it going? I mean, are you guys showing movies? That is always when Dr. Fauci talks, that seems to be movie theaters are the last place that people are going to return. Um, as a, I, I imagine you've been in a vice for these past two years. Well, I, I don't look at it as a vice. I just kind of look at it as like a um, tumbling around in, in a dryer that's not necessarily uh, warm and cozy. <laughs> no. And then, you know, um, just figuring stuff out. So I, you know, I, I kind of like that sort of environment of figuring it out, seeing what's new, you know, like investigating disruptive forces and figuring out ways around it, you know, like, I mean, I have an engineering background and kind of like a mind like that. So, um, you know, even though I came from filmmaking world, I was also an engineer for a construction company for a while. And, uh, you know, like that's where I come at things kind of is like, Hey, what's a new problem? Oh, cool. I get to try to solve something, you know, and, um, some kind of puzzle. So that's just what it's been like for two years. Um, what is new? I mean, so we have, you know, Sundance, uh, has announced that they're, they're going virtual once again. Um, how have you adapted? And I know that's a huge question, a very broad question, but uh, what adaptations, what new uh, engineering have you done for the film festival? Yeah, well, you know, we run a daily operating cinema, the Tin Pan Theater here in Bend, 30 seat, beautiful little micro cinema. We've owned it for now, it's gonna be on three years, I guess, in May. We've been on a, you know, a big push to improve, expand, programming there. Um, and when the pandemic hit, you know, that was the first thing that we looked at because it was, you know, that's where our energy mostly was because, you know, the festivals in the fall. So, you know, we just looked at all kinds of opportunities to keep going. And we were already thinking about how to be more virtual, how to be more online, how to meet people who are watching stuff online. So, we're already thinking about ways to do that. And the pandemic hit and it did two things in that it created demand for independent, you know, foreign film content that you can't find everywhere. Cause it, you know, when the initial lockdown happened, people were just blowing through their Netflix and prime uh, queues and HBO max had yet to be a real big thing. Disney plus was kind of just starting out. Apple, you know, wasn't big at that point. So people were like, oh, what else is there to watch? And um, so the demand for the stuff that we do uh, rose just immediately. And then um, this ticket site that we had been working with, Eventive, um, immediately got busy and designed a virtual 
play basically a virtual screening platform, you know, a, a Netflix-esque thing for independent, you know, festivals and theaters and things like that. So, and then right at that time, then people who license films, distributors that have all this independent content were then like, okay, we can't get in theaters, let's go online. And they shifted their thing. So in that two week period, best system uh, was invented for small entities like us to show stuff online and people demanded it. So we hit that wave, like right there, we were ready for that. Uh, we started putting up all old content of, um, you know, filmmakers from past festivals. We made the alumni film library online virtually. So that was available to our members, you know, um, and, and, and the public could pay a little bit of money to watch old shorts or, uh, or features from old festivals. That's great stuff. Um, and then we gave filmmakers a cut of all the revenue. But while we were doing that, then, you know, like I had the idea for a couple of years that I wanted to do pop-up drive-ins. Um, you know, I've been wanting to do them at Mount Bachelor forever. I've been wanting to do, um, you know, movies in the parks, things like that. Um, and then again, the demand came up for drive-ins. So I called this industrial canvas company <laughs> that's in Prineville. I'm like, hey, can you make a huge sheet of canvas that's like 20 by 30? And because uh, we want to make a movie screen out of it. So we worked with people uh, there. Deschutes Brewery was awesome in, in allowing us to use um, kind of vacant land on their, uh, on their complex. And we did summer movies, you know, summer driving. Um, and we had that going, you know, I think by July of 2020. Um, what, what kind of movies are you? I mean, because that, that's a little bit of a, uh, of a balance, right? Summer driving, people start thinking about, you know, Jaws and, and yeah. blockbusters. And, 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 and not that uh, independent film isn't, yeah. can't be fun, uh, but, but it does have a balance there. It's, it's, it's not necessarily yeah. uh, Marvel comics and, and that, those sorts of deals. So what, what films are working well for those outdoor movies and, and, and what films are working well for the streaming, do you find? Yeah, so, uh, you know, everything was working great for the drive-in. I mean, people were just so happy to be there and it was fun. You know, it was, it was just great. Um, but, you know, like, because we have the tin pan and I think it's been something that we've done even at the festival before we had the tin pan is, you know, event-based cinema is something that we do. You know, it's like you do have a genre of film that's independent, but, um, you know, we want to do more event-based stuff. So, you know, classic, classic movies, you know, like we did show Jaws, you know, we did show Jurassic Park, we did show, um, uh, the, you know, the, the original Muppet movie, you know, things like that that make something kind of special. The other thing we did was um, we, we showed, I think, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it was like two movies a weekend and Friday night would be kind of your independent night. So we would show, um, you know, an independent um, bike theme movie, you know, from some independent producer or produced by Red Bull, but, you know, something that's not, uh, you know, people are watching on their computers and stuff and we had it on the huge screen. So we, you know, or we would do uh, some great um, diverse content on Friday nights, you know, and balance uh, that with some big blockbuster on Saturday and, you know, uh, I think attendance wise, they both did pretty equally well. 
We also had the world premiere of the last blockbuster documentary, um, which kind of, I believe really kicked off the whole series and it was great. So wonderful film by Taylor Morton, who was in Ben at the time, now in Eugene uh, and is doing very well on Netflix. Yeah, so so that just for our, our listeners who may not know that there there is Blockbusters does remain. Uh it has its 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 yeah. Alamo uh in in Bend. It has its final stand uh uh in Bend. And yeah. there's a great documentary that was that was made about it. Um so yeah. that's great that it that that's appropriate that kicked off uh there for you guys. How much do you think about your audience when you're picking films? I mean, Bend is obviously you know, you got gearheads, you got skiers, you got mountain bikers. Um, are those, you know, what do those movies play well for you guys? I mean, the the, the Warren Miller type of movies or yeah. how much are you trying to, how much of that is a dance that you're trying to give the people what they want, but maybe also pull right. them in a new direction? Yeah, so, I mean, again, going with the event-based cinema, um, you know, that's, that's what we're doing and, uh, you know, along with the drive-in movies, so the Tin Pan Theater, 30-seat microcinema, the entry door to it is in an alley. It's got this speakeasy quality to it, right? Um, so we have great neighbors in this uh, in this great, now two-year bar, uh, San Simone. Um, and uh, in partnership with them, we close off the alley. And the city let us do this, and, uh, and it was great. So uh going with that the alley's closed off so we threw up a movie screen right outside the theater you know and with that then we started having more event-based uh films you know stuff that uh wouldn't have normally maybe played in the theater um and we put it in the alley so we had you know great old music films or music docs um classics like blues brothers and and the thing that really did well last winter was our retro ski films so to your point, there's all kinds of awesome uh, royalty license free stuff that we have just found of like just classic, stupid 90s ski movies that people love, you know, so we'd we'd have fire pits out there and it'd be super cold. People would get in their jumpers and um, and go watch dumb ski films. And it was awesome. You know, it was so much fun. But the other thing with the adventure movies is you, you'll even see the whatever the transition in in red bull's library is you know it used to be um and even warren miller kind of took a different approach i think in general because he had that narration and provided humor and things like that um you know so he started it all but a lot of people took it in the in the other direction where they're just pounded music and just doing shots of got you know like cool lines and whatnot and there there's a totally there's a total great shift um, it almost kind of happened simultaneously with uh, Jimmy Chin's um, movie of uh, Maru, you know, where you're now having um, character-based documentaries about adventure. So, you know, like Maru was the first big one. And there was definitely a shift after that where now even, you know, Red Bull's taking cues from that in, in having these great character-based adventure movies, you know, like Don Wall's. I think is better than Free Solo. And a lot of people don't know Don Wall, but that's a Red Bull movie about Tommy Caldwell and it's awesome. And we're seeing more of that stuff, you know, um, and we have our member appreciation screening every year at the tower to kick off the year. 
And this year we're going to do it with Buried, um, a story about the 1982 avalanche at Alpine Meadow in, uh, in Tahoe. And uh, that's something we showed virtually for the fest, but now we're really excited to bring it to the tower. And, you know, given where Omicron is, hopefully getting a big crowd for that. And it's an awesome, again, outdoor focused, but a real cool character-based movie. So, so you, you've mentioned Red Bull films uh, three, four or five times. What, yeah. what? I don't know this. They're, so watch Red their Red library. Bull. It's awesome. I, I'm telling you, like they're really, they're, it's, it's not, it's, it's high IQ filmmaking. It's, it's really interesting. All right. They, um, they, they made a great shift. I, I like where they're going. Todd Luby is executive director for Ben Film. This is the Filmmakers Happy Hour. Hey, Todd, we're going to take a little music break. Uh, you've been speaking about bad mood music from the 90s, but you have you have, you have some music for us. What, what have you queued up? Yeah, this is good music from the 90s, I should say. Um, I'm a big uh, fan of Morphine, the band. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. When we're talking movies, um, you know, it's just got one of the best opening lines of any great 90s songs or, you know, that I'm free now to direct a movie. So because we were talking about movies, that was just the first thing that came to my head. I love the song, um, Cure for Pains and the perfect, it's one of those 90s perfect albums. There's like, I think five albums that somehow happened between let's say 91 and like 95 that were just perfect. You know, you got like, Smashing Pumpkins, like Gish, Siamese Dream, and uh, Pisces Iscariot. They had three perfect albums. Beck has Odelay. Um, you know, I think you could say Pearl Jam's 10 and Nevermind. Um, and, uh, you know, like, and then Morphing's Cure for Pain and Good. You know, like, that's the best music that came out in the 90s, somewhere between 90 and 95. Just perfect albums. And uh, I'm Free Now, I think, is, besides Cure for Pain, one of the best tracks on Cure for Pain. And Let's take a listen here. As we, as we oh. move from films to music, and we'll come right back after the song and talk more about films and film festivals.
Bussy, it's the Filmmakers Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. So happy to be uh, adding some new content to our show and uh, glad to be catching up with Todd Luby, who's executive director for Ben Film. Now, you've been there six years? Um, it, it might be as many as nine in, in April. I don't know. Okay, okay. I want to look at a, a big calendar. And that's, you know, that's a long time. And that's, that's, um, and, and one of the things that it seems like that uh, Ben film is making its name before the music break, we had talked about some of the adventure films and some of the eight years there uh, that you've been short films. Yes, sir. It seems to really become a calling card for Ben film and, and you've become uh, an Academy Award qualifier. Uh <laughs> Talk to us. Talk to us about uh, the charm of short films. Yeah, and then uh, what does it mean to be a Academy Award qualifier? Yeah, that's I think one of the biggest things that have happened over the past uh, eight years. I mean, um, you know, it, it's such an honor to have that distinction and for the festival. But what I really like about it is it it kind of it reinforces what we've always been working on. You know, so again, I, I was a filmmaker before I got into this. And no matter how fiercely independent filmmakers are or dedicated to the art form, every one of us, you know, that was a filmmaker is watching the Oscars and kind of imagining ourselves up there. And even people that reach like the highest echelon, I mean, like I read the Oliver Stone autobiography and I just, I loved it. I mean, it's so interesting about how a guy through grit and experience, he worked his way up to Oscar winning um, status, right? So that's any of us that, that starts filmmaking. And, and what's great about the shorts qualifying thing is that, so it's any filmmaker who, 
who makes a great short film, you know, that gets into one of our categories of um, best narrative, best indigenous short, and and best animated short. So whoever enters our festival gets in and wins those awards, then gets considered for an Oscar. So, you know, this could be someone making their first movie. And if they win the award, they get considered. And it all depends on what the other uh, competition is. Um, so, you know, like making their first film, in a, you know, get this award in October. By February, they could be, you know, on stage or whatever in the auditorium, at least with the highest echelons of the industry. So that's what I mean, you know, ultimately what we're trying to do here, why fests are important is, is finding this avenue uh, to, to kick off careers in the industry. It's super, you know, 15, 17,000 movies get submitted to Sundance every year. It's a lot of competition. It's hard to stick out. And, you know, our festival is really important for keeping that momentum going for filmmakers who may have not made Sundance, but now they're finding a way to the public. Uh, and that, that, yeah, that is so exciting to, to think that you guys are providing that sort of direct access, right? That it's, that it can be about quality, uh, not necessarily connections. Right. Um, yeah. Can we just quantify a little bit? You just threw out that a big number, 15 to 17,000 yeah. movies at Sundance. What sort of submissions do you guys have? I mean, cause you guys are both sum submissions and curation, correct? Uh, I mean, we only would curate maybe like eight to 10 slots. And that's just um, great new content that comes out that uh, distributors allow us to see, or to show, I should say. But all of our competition is submissions based, you know, like if you're in a competition feature, you're in a competition, a narrative feature, a competition doc, a doc feature, or any shorts, you're submitting your film and we have discounts for you know various people. You can see it on the um, on our website. But it, you know it doesn't matter how people get in there. All the films go up in our system, and they all get judged by our um, screening committee, very heavily and carefully evaluated, um, and then make it into the fest. So we vary anywhere from thirteen to a thousand submissions. And I think um, you know with the with the Academy qualif qualifying thing, I think more shorts filmmakers were come our way and we, we could be up to 15 to 2000 this year. That's a lot of films to watch. I mean, are, are, so you, you obviously you have a, you have a panel of people that are yeah. screening those and then you guys right. sit around and, and drink pot loads of coffee and, and debate this. I mean, how does, give us yeah. a little bit of insight. Um, you don't have to show the whole magic. <laughs> right. Well, um, you know, we're excited to work this year with a, a new shorts programmer, uh, Warren Etheridge, Warren is just an encyclopedic knowledge of film. Um, has been a mainstay in the Pacific Northwest for you know going on twenty years, um, and you know he's been a part of Ben Film for you know the past five years or so um, in some capacity. But now he's the official shorts programmer, and so we're really excited about Warren because um, you know just of his, his experience, his knowledge, his taste, you know all of that's going to help. Uh, but he's going to lead the team of let's say 30 to 40 community members, uh, Ben Film alumni who watch all of these movies. So we try to give everything at least two watches from that committee. And if they only get one watch, it will be from Warren or one of our uh, official paid programmers, you know. Warren 
and our programming team goes through all of you know people's evaluations we talk about all these things uh you know about their reviews and you know we see um where that moves through the system everyone agrees that the film deserves more look and it has a community appeal um you know more watches will come in and you know you just kind of keep whittling down the list it's a learning experience for filmmakers you know i've i've been there like i don't know i spent you know somewhere around 10 years submitting films to festivals and it took me a long time to kind of get used to the rejection in the process and um you know as i was becoming a better filmmaker and, and it is part of it. it it's tough like we can't you know obviously if we're getting 2000 films and only have 100 slots we can't program everything so we judge you know what's what's meeting the time what's meeting our audience what you know, presents um, just great filmmaking and appeals to our programming committee. Um, yeah, one out of one out of twenty. I mean, that's that you have better odds of getting into Harvard. <laughs> hey, I want we have a few minutes left here, Todd. It's been great to to talk with you and to hear mm -hmm. uh, about all the good work that uh, Ben Film is doing to sustain itself and 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 actually to strengthen itself during these past two almost three years. Um, one of the things I did notice, you have you have a number of films um, by and about uh, uh, indigenous and Native Americans. And yeah. is, is that a new category? Is that, uh, is that I mean, Warm Springs is obviously in, in geographic proximity to, to Bend. Mm -hmm. um, how did that come about? And, and, and just give yeah. us like, some information about what's going on there, because that, that seems to be very unique and, and important. When I came here in 2014, I had always wanted to, you know, diversify the programming. And as I came here, I, I came to learn, um, you know, about, again, the geographic proximity to Warm Springs and uh, more and more about the community. And, you know, we had some board members or at least, one, you know, one board members, a former employee, Wayne Kennedy, and knew that Kennedy had, you know, connections to Warm Springs. So we, we leveraged that. Um, knowledge and then approach Warm Springs about, hey, you know, let's show let's show um, indigenous content up in Warm Springs. And right away in 2014, we we put something together to show some movies up at the and then they had a new uh, school. So right in Warm Springs, there there became a venue that wasn't there, I think, even the previous year. Um, so we kept pushing that and in, in, in building that. And then um, we got support from Oregon Community Foundation, you know, to really blow up the indigenous program and could then afford bringing in Adam Beach, you know, famed um, native actor Adam Beach and Chris Eyre for the 20th anniversary of Smoke Signals, which was a huge deal for Warm Springs. So this was in like 2017 or 18, you know, so we had a reception at the uh, elementary school and we brought Chris and Adam up and there was at least 400 people uh, that came out and, you know, they had a meet and greet and they were originally going to let everyone kind of come in, but it was taking like an hour for like five people because every time someone came in, they're like, hey, oh my God, you guys are my hero and, you know, taking pictures. And then we're like, okay, let's go to the gym and, you know, have Adam and Chris talk about the state of indigenous represent representation in the industry. And it's always been a big thing that Chris and Adam have been working on. And, you know, now with um, reservation dogs, we're kind of seeing a new shift here, which is, which is awesome. You know, it's like, Spending so much time with Chris and Adam, you know, it was it was great because there's just so many stories out there, 
that can be told about our history, about present. You know, it's so great that Reservation Dogs is taking the present, you know, like that that's that's a big thing. We're not relics of the history, you know, we are we are present, we are here, this is us, you know. But nonetheless, you know, it's, it, the representation has just been miserable, you know, historically in film. And now that we, that people are supporting indigenous filmmakers, one person I'm really excited about is a, a guy named Laron Kachaya, who's, you know, born in, in Warm Springs, worked on behind the scenes footage. Um, he's working with Ryan Redcorn down in Oklahoma and was doing behind the scenes footage of Reservation Dogs and, you know, really talented filmmaker up and coming. And um, we're, this is giving a platform for more indigenous filmmakers to, um, you know, get in the system so that they can, they can tell the stories that in the past white people have told from white people perspectives. And now we're going to see much more content that's way more rich and way, way um, more properly representative. Uh, it's something I'm really excited about. So whatever way we can leverage resources we have in Bend to expose more people to that new representation, that's what uh, you know we're really focused on too. Todd Luby is executive director for Bend Film. Uh, it's just, it's great to hear all the fantastic work that you guys are doing up there. And, and we are so excited to start bringing you more information about Oregon filmmakers and Oregon film festivals on this new show on X-Ray FM, the Filmmakers Happy Hour. Uh, thank you, Todd, so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Phil. It's always a pleasure talking with you. So don't be a stranger. The Filmmaker Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and X-Ray FM KXRY Portland. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Thanks for tuning in.